0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Captain, The Keeper, the show where we discuss all things hockey with an appreciable bias towards all things old time stick and puck. I'm your host, The Captain, and with me, as always, is The Keeper. And I can't believe we are here talking about our
1: latest episode. Uh, We're going to be hitting on all subjects about the Midsummer Classic. And we are not talking about Major League Baseball's All-Star Game. We're talking about play in Stanley Cup hockey. And we are talking also about on today's show some uh, controversy that's going on in the playoffs. And not what you would think it would be. We're going to make up our own controversy on whether or not play in stats should count in playoff hockey history. We're going to take a look back also at our predictions from last week and see how well we've been doing uh, just about a week into the, the play-ins, and uh, I'm sure that'll be fun. And finally, we'll finish off with the Hugging the Post segment, the good, the bad, and ugly about puck
0: handling goalkeepers. Oh, I think you brought up some uh, interesting feasting frenzies for me that are going to be coming up on you, specifically when we get to the predictions, because for anybody who listened to our last show, you're not doing so hot so far. That's what you Uh, think. Well, let's focus on something that maybe is a little bit more in your wheelhouse right out of the gate. Uh, General impressions. So the NHL is back. I'm loving it. You're loving it. Everybody's loving it. We've got hockey games going on all the time. We expected this to be fun. It has been fun. What are your general impressions so far? What are you seeing out there in the world of hockey?
1: I think this is incredible. I mean, uh, everyone says the NHL is doing a great job, but there are so many cool things that are happening that I've noticed. Uh, one of them is, the, I don't know if any fans out there have been noticing this, but the advertisements on the boards are specific to each team. Who's the home team? And I guess that was for advertising rights, and I'm sure it's still a business. Uh, the sounds of the game, the, uh, the music, the goal songs, are, it's pretty cool that it's all tailored to each individual team to make it feel more like home, even though they are not playing at home, unless you're Toronto at Edmonton. And even then, it's a little weird. Uh, one of the other cool things I saw so far, um, the flames, Calgary was in the Edmonton Oilers locker room. You know, like i seeing those pictures <laughs> online of the Flames jerseys hanging up in the Oilers dressing room is really cool to see. I think Montreal in the Toronto dressing room is also awesome. And I Carrie price was, uh, he, he, he almost made the wrong turn coming out of the Toronto locker room to head to the ice little things like that. I think are really cool. And which makes this playoffs uh, specifically unique. I love the, um, Casual attire that the players and the coaches are having. I love looking at the Columbus Blue Jackets bench and seeing John Totorello in a jumpsuit, a warm-up suit. That's kind of cool. Speaking of Columbus, they have probably the coolest T-shirts that they've worn as a team. Uh, The bubble hockey shirts uh, with the little bubble hockey player in the middle, which I think have now been made available to fans. But that's pretty awesome. So so far, there's like these little things. I think about the playoffs have been really cool. Never, n- not not even talking about some of the impressive players and play that we've seen
0: all throughout the first week of hockey so far. What do you think, Cap? Well, some interesting uh, interesting stuff going on there for sure. I uh, I also did love the attention to detail on the board design, things like that. I'm uh, certainly that is not lost on me. It's really cool to watch whether uh, you're seeing sort of the teams with the classic setups, um, you know teams that you would know Uh, but also pretty cool watching some of the subtleties i know uh, carolina in the rangers and Hurricanes series had some of their local uh, board advertisements on there saw some of the local local clubs and some of the things that they had on there but here's my point on this i think that uh, as good of a job as they've done with uh, and you got to think from an ice crew perspective these games are going on every couple hours so it can't be easy to turn the one rink over from one nhl team to another every couple of hours from what i'm seeing so far though it looks like they should have spent a little bit more time on the actual ice instead of the boards uh i'm seeing some and, and granted obviously you know this is uh august this is unprecedented territory for the national hockey league really but uh some of these early games the ice has been downright bad i mean every every You can really notice it on a lot of the power plays. Uh, These guys, you know, professional players, it it doesn't help that they're certainly uh, rusty. But these guys are making tape to tape passes. The puck is jumping all over the place. Uh, I love the attention to detail. I love the small stuff. I appreciate all the things you just said. But I'm thinking if they've got a couple hours to turn the rink over in between, I'd like to see maybe a little bit more attention on getting the ice ready so that these guys are ready to go.
1: I hate to agree with you, but in that Pittsburgh-Montreal game one, we saw two penalty shots. Neither of the players who had attempts actually hit the net. So that's kind of interesting. So maybe the ice is a little choppy. I mean, it is, like I said, it is summertime. But it's Edmonton is known for good ice, though.
0: Well, yeah, they may be known for it, but uh, I've, I've certainly been noticing it in the uh, Eastern hub. I haven't had an opportunity to watch as much of the western side as I would have liked, but uh, on the eastern side, it's been pretty obvious. It's been pretty noticeable. Um, I'm hoping that that's something the ice crews can adge- uh, address going forward, and uh, maybe we'll improve as we go on, uh, although the weather outside will probably continue to present them with some additional challenges going forward.
1: Definitely. So what do you think next? Uh, I know we're talking about um, controversies and everyone likes to talk about uh, the Matthew Kachuk Shifley incident with the skate blade. I know, I know how Paul Maurice feels
0: about it, but uh, what do you think? Do you think we should even be getting into something like that? Well, let me tell you who's going to thrive on that controversy. Second rate sportscaster types with no education and no intelligence, okay? We're going to steer away from that controversy, and instead we're going to invent our own, where no controversy even exists. And what we're going to talk about instead is going to be the play-in statistics. This is something that's been keeping me awake at night. I can't sleep. Uh, My personal life hasn't been the same. I can barely focus during the day. I am having a hard time with this. Uh, so the play-in round, as I understand it, is counting towards players' playoff statistics. Now, I, I'm real happy to have hockey back, and I'm excited. But this is just kind of irking me. It's, it's giving me some fits. So players' production, when they score, uh, when they when a goaltender gets a win, when a player scores a goal, when a team wins a game, in this qualifying round, the play-in round, uh, and presumably the round-robin games as well, even though, like most people, haven't been paying a lot of attention to those because it it, it doesn't doesn't really matter too much. So The intensity is not uh, as there. It's not there. It's not the same. I'm glad those guys are going to tune up. But the point is that these stats are counting. So Connor McDavid now has his first NHL playoff hat trick, or does he? I personally would say no. Uh, I'm going to give you a chance to address this, and then I'm going to obliterate whatever you say uh, with a superior point of view. So go ahead. Well, you are dead wrong. I mean, just dead wrong. These have to count for the playoffs.
1: I mean, is the New Jersey in the plans? Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa? I mean, I don't see them there. San Jose, Los Angeles, Anaheim. Those teams didn't make the playoffs for all purposes. This is playoff hockey. These teams qualified for the right to be here. And I think their stats should count. And here's one reason I think so. The NHL used to run in the early 80s, best of five first round series, which by the way, the winner of game one took pretty much 88% of the the series there. So I mean, it doesn't look well for some of our predictions, mostly yours. Uh, So I think that since the NHL did have this at one point in time, These should count. Plus, everything online, every announcer is saying it's so-and-so's first playoff hat-trick or so-and-so's first playoff win. Corpus Allo with Columbus got his first playoff win. Um, So I, I, I do think that these should count towards playoff stats. This is playoff hockey. It is a unique situation. And I don't think anything you could say will be as good an argument to top that.
0: Well, this is also an episode of The Captain the Keeper, and it wouldn't be an episode of The Captain the Keeper without me proving you wrong, and that's exactly what's about to happen right now. So you just tried to articulate to me that these stats should count. Now, this is rare, and anybody listening out there will know this doesn't happen often. I'm going to agree with you that this should count. However, my point of stipulation is this should not count towards playoff statistics, uh, Keeper, roughly how many games did each team play during the regular season? Uh, I think each team
1: got within about 12 or 13 games of finishing their season. So like in the 70s, so high like 70 60s. games,
0: 68. Yeah, high 60s, low 70s, right? So we're in agreement that we've got a little bit of wiggle room between 70 and 82 games, the amount that the, the teams would normally typically play. Uh, another thing to consider is that the regular season permits shootouts. Does it not? It does. For now. Okay, good. I wanted to make sure you're saying that because that's going to really hurt you going forward (laughs) in this argument. Because in the round-robin games, there are still shootouts allowed. Now, obviously not in the play-in rounds, but in the round-robin games, there are shootouts that are permissible. So do we now have uh, teams on record as winning an NHL Playoff game, and I'm putting up the air quotes as I'm saying that. uh Do we have a team that has now won an NHL playoff game via shootout? Is that even a thing? Do we even want to open that Pandora's box, which could end civilization as we know it? But I
1: think we're referring just to play-ins, not the round robins. I don't think those are counting for okay, a playoff so you stats. Wanna...
0: But the play-ins, okay, for so sure, you believe okay so now let's talk about the play-ins so you want to discuss play-ins okay I've got a couple of points on that as well so oh, typically now you're a you're you're a goaltender so a goaltender obviously focuses often on wins as a stat So typically sure. uh, would you agree that normally it takes 16 wins in the playoffs to win the Stanley Cup?
1: It does take 16 wins for a goalkeeper who wins every game.
0: Yeah. Right. So, yeah, assuming he plays all the games. Um, So, if in the modern era, since, you know, the uh, late 1980s or early 1990s, for the past 30 years or so, it takes 30 wins to, I'm sorry, 30 wins. It takes 16 wins to win the Stanley Cup as a player, as a goaltender, as a coach, as an organization, as a team. That's what it takes. This year, are we prepared to have a team or a goaltender that maybe wins? 19 and wins it, it's going to throw the whole thing out of whack. And my point is, this could easily be added to the regular season stats. You could easily put all the accomplishments of these guys and count them in the record books, but put them towards their regular season totals, which were incomplete anyway, because as you just said, they ended up in the late 60s, high, uh, low 70s for most teams. There's plenty of room to record these stats and have them count. But I personally, in the world that I live in, Connor McDavid has not scored a playoff hat-trick yet. It hasn't happened. It does. It hasn't happened yet because the playoffs, as we traditionally know them, haven't started yet. He played a great game. Uh, Shveshnikov did the same thing for Carolina. Uh, these guys are playing great. It should be recorded. It should be recognized. But they're playing for the right, as far as I see it, to enter the NHL playoffs. Uh, they're not there yet. What do you say? You make a good point, but I think this is the asterisk year where
1: everything kind of goes out the window. You know, I'm okay with having a goalie win 19 games to win this mm-hmm. cup. I think this is going to be a harder cup to win in general, even though the players are not traveling as much. I think this is, or at all. I mean, they're they're playing in one arena for the most part until the conference finals. But I do think that I'm okay. I am okay with this being a unique situation. Um, I don't even think there should be a little asterisk next to this. Next to this. I think it really should be playoff stats, even to to earn the right to that best of seven round one, this is still a playoff to me. It has that feel to it. It has that intensity to it. Um, I'm all like, don't worry. Connor McDavid will get a hat trick when the Oilers advance, as I had predicted earlier. And we'll talk about that soon. So he'll get a hat trick anyway. Don't worry about it.
0: Well, I wasn't necessarily worried about that. Uh, You make a good point. I mean, I agree that what these guys are doing should be recognized and the do or die nature of this is important, but what I would, what I would raise to you is the last four or five games of a regular season. These teams are playing it out. They're fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, Specifically. I remember the shootout between the Rangers and the Philadelphia flyers that ended up putting the flyers in where they went on a deep playoff run and saw the Rangers eliminated from the playoffs. Um, I, you know, I'm using that as an example. That was all of it was on the line and it was dramatic and it was great and it was fun to watch. However, that doesn't mean that it counts as playoff statistics. I mean, that was a regular season game. And in my mind, if you're going to count these games, they should be counted towards these guys' regular season totals. I don't see a reason why whoever wins this playoff, I mean, you have records in the NHL for most playoff points, you've got records that are kind of intact based on the format. I agree that. Uh, there should be no asterisk at all to whoever wins the tournament and who wins the cup. This is probably going to be one of the hardest cups to win, but where we're at right now with these playing rounds, I'm imagining we're at the last three or four games of the season equivalency. And this is where we're watching the teams that are going to make it in, who's going to squeeze in under the wire and who's going to get kicked out. And that's great, but it doesn't mean that you start counting those things towards postseason statistics the postseason format that they have still allows for the regular playoffs. So why are we why are we doing it? The point is it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't matter what point you raise, because it's largely going to be inconsequential. That's my take on the situation.
1: So do you think that they should have invited all thirty one teams back for this last little bit before the playoffs?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely not. They made the right <laughs> call by having those guys stay home and worry about their draft pick. And I'm glad that none of them won the draft pick and we will be getting the first overall. Uh, it serves them right. It serves them right for being in the basement for that long. Uh, but no, I, my point is that uh, they, the format's fine. Those other guys went home. And there's nothing wrong with it. You know, if again, if we're down four, if there's four games, if you've played 78 games and there's four games left, uh, those other teams, yeah, they get the, the ability to play out their remaining games, but it doesn't mean that uh, looking at those four games, they wouldn't be in the hunt if you were Detroit this season and you were absolutely terrible. Uh, you don't get the right uh, four games left. It's not like somebody comes and says, OK, you've magically got 96 points and you're in the battle for the eighth spot. No, they, they're so far out. They, they had no striking chance. They didn't belong there. In the normal season, yes, they would have the opportunity to play out their last four games and it would count for their statistics. Uh, personally, I look at that and say, okay, so those those teams that didn't make it, yes, it's unfortunate for those players that they don't get the opportunity to have their extra stats counted towards their season totals, but I think that's the worst, that's the better, I'll say, of the two evils. Now you're giving all these guys the opportunity to add to NHL Stanley Cup playoff totals in what effectively is not really a play off round, because that starts after the play in is done. And I love the play in I love everything about this. But I guess, you know, uh, based on what I'm reading on the internet right now, uh, probably 99% of people agree with me, and uh, nobody out there is really agreeing with you.
1: Um you have a source on that? Because, I mean, I enjoy matching wits with you on on our shows. Like, this has been nice. Uh, But I'm on the right side of history, as uh, they are definitely counting all these stats. They are counting this as playoffs. Uh, I know Henrik Lundqvist's consecutive playoff streak has ended this evening. So as far as I'm concerned this is uh this is where it's at this is all playoff stuff so um i know we were matching wits in this segment is pretty nice giving the fans a a little something to take home a little nugget for them to think about as they're on their drive or wherever they're whatever they are wherever they're doing let's take a look at where we are in our predictions next uh, what do you say about that uh oh, revisiting where we've been I, last week
0: i can't wait to look at our predictions but before we move on. Uh, First of all, I just want to go on record as saying uh, there's no question. We have not matched wits. We are not at the same level here. You are drowning out there, and I'm I'm throwing you life preservers, okay? The uh, the wit level has not been equalized. Uh, also, I think you touched on a good point. Right before that switch, you said yes, You said Henry Glundquist's playoff uh, run of starts has been ended, and I heard the same thing the other night about Pekka Rinne. However— I'm of the mindset that that has not been the case. I think these guys, if, and this is a big if, because both of those guys have been supplanted by a uh, younger and probably more capable goaltender, and it's not their fault. It's just time. That's how it goes. Uh, That happened to you as a goaltender about 10, 15 years ago. You've been surpassed by literally everybody else out there who puts on the pads. Still the
1: starting Uh, goalkeeper.
0: Okay. (laughs) That being said, uh, point of the story is, if if let's just say for argument's sake the rangers advanced that's a long shot looking right now carolina's pretty well had their number uh but uh like i predicted but we'll get there in a second Mm. um so carolina's had their number rangers aren't looking good um nashville's kind of you know they uh they won earlier today so they're kind of they've clawed back into this thing they're not on the ropes yet But let's just say either of those teams advances and starting round one of the playoffs, something happens to Saros or Shusterkin and Georgiev. And let's say Lundqvist or Rene starts game one. I'm of the mindset that their playoff streak has not been broken because the playoffs will basically have started that day. Uh, If you can possibly if you want to try to shoot a hole in that, you can. I, I know you're not going to and I'm comfortable moving on to the predictions where I plan on lambasting you for the next uh, 10 to 15 minutes. Let's go to the predictions, I think. (laughs) (laughs) All right, okay. It's a mercy killing uh, after all. So, yeah, let's let's look at the predictions. So you guys... Uh, I know a lot of the National Hockey League now, uh, the talk is about analytics, statistics, data analysis. We're going to start with a little bit of that. Okay, this is fancy stuff. We're not talking courses or anything like that. We're talking raw data, raw data. statistics. Uh, oh, you're a data guy. Huh? All right, okay, that's fair. So <laughs> anyway, um, so so far of the playing rounds, again, we're not talking about the round robins because really – yeah. Uh, yeah, it's we'll right. We'll talk no about way.
1: those teams when they're in round one.
0: Right, you're right, when it actually counts. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, oh. let's take a look here. So, of our predictions that we made last, on last week's show, uh, I am currently in a position of advantage where if the series ended now, the team that I predicted would win in four of the eight series. Uh, the other four are even, so I'm not really behind in anything. But when we look at the keeper statistics it tells a different story. So you've got two predictions so far that look plausible. And unfortunately for you, those just also happen to be the ones that you shared with me. Uh, You and I both predicted uh, Carolina and Minnesota. Those two are up. However, all your other picks at best are even. That's got to be a bitter pill to swallow. I would imagine (laughs) you're having a lot of trouble. And all of your other picks are also even because most
1: of these series are one-one. <laughs> I mean, we're not that. I mean, we're not that far off here. It's, we're pl- well, as we uh, as we film this, we're looking at like both, but we're looking at teams that have played two games, possibly a third, and uh, some of them are one-one. So I think we're pretty good. Hey, the Arizona Coyotes won a game. They're up. General manager doesn't okay. matter. <laughs>
0: All right, I guess that was my fault. You laughed at the coyote. uh, You poo pooed my coyote's pick enough. I I knew he was the X factor here, but I didn't know that he was gonna will that team to a a victory. All right, so let's take a look at the picks from last week. Uh, We're gonna take a merciful look at these draft picks, and uh, I want you folks out there who are listening to, I, I want you to feel a little bad for the keeper. I mean, he's he's had a hard time with these picks. They haven't gone his way. Uh, he's probably like Ron Hextall breaking a, a stick over the top of a crossbar somewhere. Uh, but let's take a look. So first thing we're going to look at is the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins versus Montreal Canadian series. So I correctly predicted the Montreal Canadiens were going to steal this series. Uh, they won the first game. Uh, through some controversy, which eh, you know maybe doesn't actually exist, the Penguins won Game Two. You got a little lucky on that one. Um, have you seen anything in this series? Are you going to double down with the Pittsburgh Penguins, or are you prepared to come over to my prediction and see that the Canadians are going to win the series?
1: Uh, I just want to say off the off the bat here that uh, most of these series are one-one, so I don't think any of us has an advantage here. Correctly pick Carolina. They're up to nothing. Um, I don't like going back on any of my predictions. I I like to stay firm and true to where I stand. So um I might go with Montreal, but uh I'm sticking with Pittsburgh. I'm sticking with the Penguins. I think they might have gotten to carry price a little bit, very, very, very little. Can he keep that up and win two more games? I don't see it happening. I see game one is kind of a surprise. The Penguins are, you know, finally broke their back to our previous argument. They broke their playoff loss streak officially. Did by they? Yes, they did by winning game I don't two. I think
0: they did. So, I the playoffs started okay. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm,
1: I'm picking, uh, I'm sticking with Pitt. They've done well by me. And like I said, we're one one on a lot of
0: series. So there ain't no no bragging at the moment. Well, that's not gonna stop me. So the Pittsburgh Penguins, you you got lucky that they won Game Two. Carey Price and company are in the process of stealing the series, as I correctly predicted last week. Um, Pittsburgh's Game Two win was just a, a, a just an aberration. I, I don't see it <laughs> continuing, despite the championship pred- pedigree, the Stanley Cups, the generational superstar talent. It doesn't matter. Uh, no, it's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Irrelevant. So I'm doubling down. Montreal is gonna pull that series out. I'm glad you're going down with the ship over in Pittsburgh, but they're done. Curtains. The game two win was just their last grasp. They got nothing left. We'll see about that. So next, we're going on to uh, Edmonton. Another uh, Edmonton and Chicago. Another series that I really wished we had been broadcasting this episode a day or two ago when Chicago just absolutely dominated game one, uh, like I predicted. And then again, your uh, Edmonton Oilers, they squeaked out a a small marginal victory in game two. Connor McDavid was pretty good. I wouldn't say it was a playoff hat trick, but it was a hat trick. Um, but that's all the Edmonton Oilers have. Chicago's going on to win the series. I'm all in. Are you changing your pick? Or are you sticking uh, with what you got there? Uh,
1: like I said, I'm sticking with my guns, but I'm going to switch to Chicago here. But unfortunately, <laughs> um, I, McDavid looked pretty, Fifth, 15 seconds into the game. They came out flying. I mean, there was no stopping them. Then. And they switched goaltenders. They went, to Costa in, I think that was a little bit of the edge they needed, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna uh, stick with my guns, and I'm gonna go uh, switch to Chicago.
0: <laughs> well, I know you're not actually switching to Chicago. Some of the fans out there might be confused. Uh, <laughs> I know that you're pretty thick-skulled, uh, and you know brain power is at a minimum over there. So obviously, you're gonna stick <laughs> with your your gut on the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And, and that may work for you. You know, they got some players there. Uh, they're, they're an exciting team. I don't hate the Edmonton Oilers. I'd like to see them do well. But I still think Chicago is going to clean this one up and close it out like I originally said. So now we get to Carolina and the New York Rangers, a series that you and I both predicted the Carolina Hurricanes. And, again, I want to point out that the only series that you're currently in a position of advantage are are the ones that you and I shared picks on so maybe next next time you want to let me make the pick you follow along and we'll see what happens but <sighs> so carolina and the rangers so far a dominant series for carolina hurricanes the rangers uh forced to go with henrik lundquist in games one and two like i personally suggested they should do uh i think for the rangers this is the best case scenario um nobody would have wanted to see the franchise icon Lundqvist go out on other terms than this. He got his chance to play. He was okay uh, in game one. He's pretty good game two. He was, he wasn't great, but you know, he wasn't a game breaker. He wasn't stealing games, gives the kids to the chance to come in and take the throne from out from under Henrik Lundqvist, not in a bad way, but in a way that, uh, that the transition is plain for anybody to watch. You watch that series um, tonight's game where we've seen, Carolina and the Rangers go back to back. Shisterkin's control of rebounds, his ability to play the puck. Uh it's it for me, I'm not a goalie, and I'll let you touch on the goaltending stuff. Uh I personally, watching this as a just a hockey fan, I've seen a big difference in the goaltending there. I think it's pretty obvious that uh has is taking it from him. What are your what are your thoughts on that situation? I-
1: uh, yeah, I don't think Glunkos would even started game one if Shesterkin was uh, healthy. So, I mean, that was kind of like a, he just uh, happened to be in the position to play those games. I don't think it would have mattered who was in goal for that. It seems to me at the Hurricanes, as I accurately predicted, um, don't have anything to, anything to really worry about with the Rangers. I mean, they've dominated much of the play. The Rangers are not really generating too many quality chances. I know that one quality chance they had in game two, the, the one that, well, not the one that Panarin scored, but uh, Howden had a chance point blank and Morazic made a glove save that just kind of was like really sharp. And if uh, they're not getting to rebounds and I I, I think that the, the Hurricanes, I don't know what they were worried about playing the Rangers. Didn't they vote no because they of their did. matchup with the well, I don't know why they were worried about that, mm-hmm. if that's even true anyway. But uh, yeah, the Hurricanes look like they are pretty solid. Again, they went to the Eastern Conference final last year.
0: Yeah. So they had an
1: impressive I'd... playoff run with m- much of these same players. This lineup is pretty intact.
0: A lot of depth for Carolina, especially on defense. You're seeing a guy like Sammy Votnin come into that series who has played – played for them during the regular season. It's pretty nice when a guy like Dougie Hamilton goes down to be able to put Sammy Votnin in there and uh, pick up the slack. And Carolina's depth on defense, obviously picking up Brady Shea from the Rangers, who's got something to prove against that team, uh, has has helped them. A deep team, they could be poised for a bit of a run. Uh, So we were both right on that one. So that's rare. And it shows you that your best bet for making picks is to agree with me. Um, so obviously I'm assuming you're going to double down in that one, just as I am no reason to change up to, 0 I do not change. Okay. Fair enough. Going out West, uh, national predators and the, and I always want to call them Phoenix, but the Arizona coyotes, um, this is a one, one series at the moment of this particular broadcast. Uh, I personally made a comment last week about, (laughs) the Arizona Coyotes not having a general manager and how it would be uh, foolish to pick them in a series. And I believe you did pick them in a series. I sure did. Somehow they won a game in that series. But I think Nashville has thundered back into the series and has pretty much got all the momentum uh, after a 4-2 win in game two. Are you going to double down? You changing up? What are you doing? You staying Uh where you're at?
1: I'm standing firm with the Coyotes. I they, they had a great game one, and I can tell you, game one is a good predictor as to who's going to win the series. I, I see them coming back for game three, uh, uh, pretty solidly, and maybe they'll wear their Kachina jerseys because they've been they wore the the actual the newer Coyote jersey, and they didn't have success with that in game two. So maybe they'll switch back for game three. Uh, if, uh, depending on if they're the home team or not. I don't check that out, but I, I I like to
0: see them go back to their Kachina jerseys, and they'll take game three. Boom. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, that's a prediction. It's not a good prediction, but it's a prediction and we'll go with that. Uh, so the Nashville predators obviously are going to win that series. Cause oh. I predicted it and the Arizona coyotes probably going to lose maybe three to one. Maybe they'll score another goal this series. Maybe they won't. Uh, but I, uh, I should have learned my lesson. I underestimated Steve Sullivan uh, last time. And it's mm. a personal thing. I was watching a video of him recently, you know, the, uh, the, famous video of the incident between Steve Sullivan when he was playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, oh. he he caught that puck. Uh, he, the he, fan? He, yeah, the incident with the fan where he took the uh, he took the shot to the face and he was cut and the fan was laughing and making fun of him. And then later that puck goes over the boards and it's the same fan and cuts him up. Uh, that taught me to make sure that I don't cross Steve Sullivan again. So I'm going to stick with my pick of Nashville, but I withdraw any sort of uh, anti GM comments towards the Arizona franchise. Uh, they're in good hands with uh, Steve Sullivan and fans doesn't come and find me and hurt me somewhere. So Fans, we are going
1: to watch the captain get hit with the proverbial puck in the face.
0: I'm not prepared for that. Sullivan was a sniper back in the day, and I'm not prepared for it. So hopefully we can let bygones be bygones, and Steve and I can just kind of call this a day and move on. So now we're going to talk about one of your best picks, the New York Islanders and the Florida Panthers. So you went on record as saying that the Florida Panthers were going to take the series. I scoffed. Uh, As I recall, I scoffed at you and immediately commented that the the Islanders defensive system would hold out. Uh, Not a surprise to anybody listening out there, but uh, the Islanders defense has held out and the Florida Panthers are up against the ropes down two nothing to the Islanders. Uh, If there was ever one that you may want to consider groveling at my feet and uh, coming around and admitting your errors, now's a good time. I'm listening. I'm not going to do any of that. However, the Panthers
1: have not been good and the Islanders have looked pretty solid, although they didn't get off to a good start today. But, uh, yeah, I would, uh, this would be one that I would like to reverse right now. Uh, I will, I'm a man enough to admit a bad pick when it happens. This is my only bad pick of the series of any of the series so far, since one, one seems to be the number with the exception of one that we're going to talk about in a minute, but Florida, uh, they've disappointed me so far and, uh, the Islanders have looked real sharp. They're a team to be uh, f- to be contended
0: with when it, when
1: they make it to uh, that first round. They're going to be pretty tough to face.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Islanders, as I correctly predicted, um, off to a great start. They're looking sharp, playing well. And uh, all the points you brought up last time for advocating for Florida, largely null and void so we can void we can ignore pretty much all that and I accept your surrender, your unconditional surrender. I didn't, and I I welcome didn't say that you back on board to the New York Islanders winning the series and and thank you for being enlightened uh, to that process. So now we go over to Vancouver and Minnesota. So at the time of this broadcast uh, Minnesota and Vancouver are playing later tonight. So uh, we have that one coming up for you but uh, this is one of the other ones. But you got right and again this is one where the reason you got it right was cuz you picked the same team I did. Definitely uh, Vancouver not. is currently up in the series one nothing. All the things I said pretty much came true. We were both in agreement. Uh well wait, tonight,
1: Minnesota is up one nothing.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, Minnesota's up one nothing. Oh, you yeah, said Vancouver,
1: so I've a... sure it's Minnesota.
0: Oh. oh, well, I meant to say Minnesota. Um Minnesota Wild are up currently uh, in the series. Uh, one nothing. And we're looking at a, a situation where, so far, again, I look to be right. You're in agreement. Uh, you're riding my coattails on this one. Do you want to flip? Do you want to go over to Vancouver? Do you want to be the antagonist?
1: I do not. I'm sticking with Minnesota. And it's not because of you. It's because I like the wild and I like what their uh, chances are. And I like that Stay is in goal. He's an exciting, fun, fun goaltender to watch. And he's a kind of a battler, a little old schooly battler. Uh, I love the way he plays the puck. Yeah, actually, well, I'll get to that a little later on in the show. But uh, yes, the lock I like, and I like went Minnesota. I'm not switching my pick.
0: All right. So the next one coming up, I'm not one, I'm not a big pie guy. I certainly don't like to eat any humble pie, uh, but I aggressively went on record last episode as saying that the Columbus Blue Jackets, were not going to win a single game and that I would be incredibly surprised if they won but a single game. Well, it took all of one game for me to be wrong about that prediction. Badly. Uh, perhaps it is not Steve Sullivan I should worry about, but John Tortorella. Uh, I watched the John Tortorella-era New York Rangers basically play the other night wearing Columbus Blue Jacket jerseys. I quickly remembered how annoying... But effective that shot blocking style that Tortorella preaches can be, uh, and ultimately they stifled Toronto in Game One. Now, obviously Toronto bounced back and did what I said they were going to do, which was win in Game Two. But I do have to uh, admit that I was wrong thinking that Columbus would win a, you know, not win a single game, and they did so. Um, we'll have to go with that. But what do you think now? 1-1, a little bit of a different series. You sticking with your boys over there in the Blue Jackets, or are you ready not, to come uh, around to uh, Toronto? Uh,
1: I'm not going against Tortorella's Blue Jackets. I mean, that's a hungry team. They're pretty you know, they're pretty intense, and they had their Toronto's number in Game 1, and Corpus Allo was fantastic uh, in Game 1. He came up with some timely saves, looked really sharp. Um, Seth Jones is incredible on defense. They was all over Austin Matthews, giving them very little time and space. I think that will continue. As we move deeper into the series, even though it's a short series, but I am not going to bet against Columbus after what they did last year in the playoffs have some of the same players and some of the big Nick ticket names left, but they still have that underdog attitude. And I just, I just like it. I like
0: that team. I don't want to go against them. i still think they're going to win series. All right. Very well. I'm not going to add any more fuel to the fire. I don't want John Tortorella coming after me uh, either. But I'm sticking with my pick, and I do believe Toronto will pull it out, although I have to show respect for uh, their, their system in Columbus and what they've done. They had a stifling effort in Game 1. I was very impressed with the hockey that those guys played. wasn't particularly fun to watch at all times, but uh, they were effective at it. They did a good job. So that, that may be a series, but I'm sticking with Toronto. So our very last pick here coming up, um, this one might have been a little bit up in the air a few hours ago, but as of right now, the results are in, and Calgary – and, mm. you know, again, the fans at home might recognize them as the team I picked uh, <laughs> six goals in the uh, in the in game number three, three series. So six goals for Calgary and only two for your boys in Winnipeg uh, kind of making it look like your pick is not going to really pan out so much. Are you ready to put up the white flag in that series and uh, come on board? With my pick, or are you going to ride the ship into the ground over in uh, Winnipeg, the sinking ship?
1: I'm not putting up a white flag, but I will put up the whiteout for Winnipeg to keep going. I'm sticking with the Jets. Doesn't matter what you say. Doesn't matter how many goals Calgary put up. Jets are going to come back and win game four.
0: All right. So that pretty much covers up our uh, predictions uh, coming out of that round. So, uh, what do you got for us next keeper? What, uh, what's on your docket over there?
1: Well, we'd like to get into, uh, the fan favorite section, hugging the post. Um, we've had some, we've had a couple of good segments so far. And today I'd like to talk about one of my favorite goaltending aspects and that is puck handling. And maybe there's some goaltenders out there who are listening to us. Um, could maybe relate to this, but it's a great thing that a goaltender can do when they help out their team. And, you know, get a puck to a defenseman, maybe even to a forward, help the breakout, stop a four check from another team, and to do it artfully. Um, this is something that drew me to the position. I liked, I'm i a goaltender as well. Uh, my, the original goaltender who caught my eye doing this was, of course, Ron Hextall. And when I first encountered him playing, it was when he was with Quebec and he was a Nordique for that one season in 92-93. And his puck handling abilities were outstanding i mean watching him launch pucks up the ice and off the boards that effortlessly was something that like was really enticing and i could imagine if you're a defenseman on those teams that had him you're probably happy that he you know he could have saved you some wear and tear getting you know drilled into the boards by opposing four checkers when he got to the puck first so puck handling goalies are i think a really cool thing and it's fun to watch goalies do that effectively. I know the technique has changed over the years. I know Marty Turco introduced turning your hand over, playing the puck in a different style. Um, still effective though. Uh, but like I said in the outset, it's the good, bad, and the ugly. You know, when it works, when a goalie comes out and takes a risk and takes a gamble and is able to advance the puck, uh, it's great for a team. But when it backfires, it could be pretty ugly. And anyway, I think we saw that with Mike Smith in game one of the Oilers, where uh, I think game one, he kind of mishandled the puck. He's a great puck handling goalie. He scored a goal. So I think when Mike Smith made that little gaffe at the beginning of game 1 set the Oilers off on a bad note so you live and you die by puck handling goaltenders and I like I mean what do you guys think? You think it's good? You think it's bad? I mean have you ever played in front of a goalie who's really good at handling a puck?
0: Well, I uh personally well I uh, I love watching the guys who are good at it do it uh it is pretty cool especially when you see i mean there's nothing really cooler than watching a goaltender score a goal i mean everybody gets behind one of those um i i will say in this playoff series so far i have noticed uh, a massive difference a lot of the commentators uh, especially in the rangers carolina series talking about igor shesterkin versus henrik lundquist and one of the main issues that people brought up was his ability to play the puck so in uh, game Three tonight, I, I paid attention to Shesterkin's play and try to watch for the difference. I will say that's not something as a, as a player I've really paid specific attention to. But tonight uh, I paid some special attention to that to see what, you know, what's everybody talking about with this. And you really can tell the difference. There were a number of plays in game two of that series where Lundquist had an opportunity to play the puck and he kind of tucked it back and set it back behind the goal line in the trapezoid area for a player to pick up, which you could see um, it, where a guy like Shusterkin, I've seen a few times tonight, has launched the puck down the ice for a headman pass that started the team going the other way. Um, I always played with you as a goaltender, so I never really had anybody who was specifically good at playing the puck behind me as a player. Um, you know, my goaltender. Again, and I won't name any names, but it's you that I'm talking about, uh, mostly just coughed the puck up to the other team in the beer leagues and allowed them to score on us without any real effort. So I've been a little bit bothered by that over the years, but at the NHL level... I can see that that's uh, fast becoming an important skill to be able to prevent the defensemen from having to uh, turn their backs and be exposed on those plays and move the puck up. you know if the goalie can fling it down the ice while the other teams change it and generate an offensive opportunity, why not? Um, that being said, uh, I do have to acknowledge your status. as far as I know, you're the only goaltender to ever win an award for being the most offensive goaltender in a uh, in a beer league, uh, settings. So this is
1: true. I mean,
0: th- now I wasn't on your team that season. So you may have, uh, you may have done something that I wasn't paying attention to, but, uh, you did win an award. Uh, one of the local leagues, which we can't mention for licensing reasons, uh, did hand out awards at the end of their season. And they presented the, uh, what, what was the name of the award there? Um,
1: um, offensive,
0: Offensive. Or offensive oh yeah yeah that's probably what it was <laughs> you were the most Offen- offensive of all the goaltenders.
1: Oh, i mean i think it was because of the numbers i put up Leading the point, league the point assists. totals no offensive i mean it definitely wasn't because i was well, you not- might have had offensive. one or two no it was if a- i think you're dwelling on the eh. negative too much i think i've helped out our teams far too many times for you to count <laughs> with my play my deft and adept Puck handling skills. And it isn't always about launching a puck off the up the ice. It's about those small touches, stopping a puck behind the net, getting it to a defenseman, avoiding, you know, a, a, a four checker coming your way, doing a little dipsy doodle, which I could sometimes enjoy. Putting the puck on the stick of, an, of your, your defenseman or even a winger is a great, satisfying feel, feeling. And just to,
0: getting this topic I going, think... I had to look up some stats. Oh, boy. You think what? I was gonna stop you there because I noticed a uh, Freudian slip. you said putting the puck on an opponent's stick and I I don't <laughs> think that was a lie. I think you were telling the truth. I think predominantly the people that who stick you put the puck on were opponents of our teams uh, not our defensemen or our players as you tried to spin this
1: but it gives you a chance to make an incredible save and look like the hero. <laughs> all
0: right. That's so what, what stats I'm all you got about for us. What, what kind of stats? You got? So
1: just the you know, just thinking about this topic, made me think about, you know, what goalies have the most points. Do you want to take a stab at which goaltender has the most points in NHL history?
0: I would have to guess Marty Brodeur. I know he's scored a few goals. Uh, I don't know about the assists, but uh, my guess would be Marty. What do you got?
1: You're close. Brodeur was two with 47 points. Number one. Maybe one of the, be- maybe the best Tom Barrasso. He was, the was a right hander. He was amazing at getting pucks up to, well, I mean, he had no shortage of talent. I mean, he's getting a puck to Mario and Yarmir. Uh, it's pretty yeah. good to boost your point total, but he was pretty solid at playing the puck and he was real smooth at it. And most assists in one season for a goaltender. You want to take a stab at this one too? Most assists, assists in one season
0: for, for a goaltender. Uh, I'll go with your boy, Ron Hextall.
1: He did not know. He was not. It was Grant Fuhr, 14 assists Grant in one Fuhr. season, 14 points with the uh, powerhouse 83 84 Edmonton Oilers. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> Those nice, are Hexel had eight. That was where his number was in 88 89. But it's pretty cool to see which goalie it was and which goalie it wasn't. So Barrasso and Fuhr both right handers and both had high powered offenses to get the puck to. So it's one of the pieces of goaltending that that drew me to the position. I love watching it. I love trying to do it, even though, uh, you know, I have made some gaffes myself. Still fun to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Best part about playing goal. All right. So speaking of you playing goal, uh, how badly are you itching during this, the closing, hopefully the closing stages of this pandemic? How badly are you itching to get back out on the ice?
1: It's pretty bad. I have not touched the ice since, uh, I believe, March 10th or 11th. I didn't think that'd be my last time playing. Uh, Hopefully I can get back out there soon. I have zero idea how it's going to happen in the area where I live. Um, I know the league that I play in, where you also were once um, a semi fixture in and a semi star. I don't know. Legend. We'll just go straight with Legend. Okay. Legend. Okay. So they're running some special sessions, but it's not quite what you think. I mean, I'm looking at some of the restrictions and this is kind of sad to look at. Uh, you have to enter the rink fully dressed. So I <laughs> like guess you I guess you have to either dress at home. How are you going to drive? You got to get dressed in the parking lot, right? You can't drive with skates on. Uh, like a mini-mite. You're right. Uh, you can't bring a bag into the rink. I guess all of that stuff's got to stay out in your car. Um, there are no scrimmages, no playing of the game by law. So I guess you just put your gear on and you stand there, which I could do in my garage if I need to.
0: So let me get this straight. One of the restrictions to your league is that you will attend uh, a hockey gathering, but you will there will be no playing of hockey. That's is pretty that accurate, pretty much. So you get you come in, you get dressed out on the street. Uh, I I, I got to be honest. I know people are trying to get back out there. I mean, so for you, uh, the rinks by me at the moment are not open yet. Uh, we're waiting on some uh, clearance to be able to open things up. Uh, So we don't have anything open just yet, but by you, you've got the opportunity to possibly get out there a little bit. So for you, are you looking at this situation and saying, well, you know what, I'll just, whatever it takes, I'll get out there. Or are you looking at it saying, this is ridiculous. I'm not coming in my gear, putting my skates on outside the building, walking in only to not be able to play a game or even a scrimmage when I get there.
1: I think I'm in the the ladder there. I don't know if, how eager I'd be to get my gear on in the hot hot summer parking lot of an ice rink and you know walk into a rink and I don't mind getting shot at. It. I mean, I guess it'd be a puck and shoot, the old puck and shoots like we used the to old go to.
0: Stick and puck, yeah.
1: Stick and pucks at the puck shoots. I mean, that's pretty much what this would be. It'd be nice to feel the puck, I guess, but uh, it seems like a hassle, doesn't it?
0: To get out there, you know, in the parking lot and uh, it doesn't seem very appealing. That might have something to do with our age at this point, but uh, yeah, I I'm in agreement. I, I really want to get back out there as well. Um, there's a big hole for, you know, my established franchise that I was playing on for somebody to get out there and just kind of suck up oxygen and not really uh, do anything productive from an offensive or defensive standpoint. So I would really like to fill that void for them. But uh, at the same time, Uh, there's pretty much no way I'm going to be getting to a rink and getting dressed out in the car and walking in, in full equipment. That's not happening. So hopefully we get some, uh, we get some progress on that front in the coming weeks and, uh, the, the game can be reopened back up. I'd be in favor of if they wanted to set up a bubble and they wanted to bring in all the beer league players and we don't go anywhere. We stay in the bubble and we play until a t-shirt is won. I think I'd be okay with that personally. Uh, I might be the only one. I think other people have commitments to their families and to their jobs. I personally would kind of jump at the opportunity to get out there for some beer league puck action.
1: If you care about the shirt, you'll give up everything else. And I would join you in that bubble. I would be a bubble boy. I'd be a bubble goaltender. And I'd probably be bounced within a couple of games back to normal life. (laughs) So that wouldn't be too much different than some of the teams that are about to be eliminated, maybe even tonight.
0: Yeah, it could be. Rangers are tracking for an elimination at the moment. I'm looking at the scoreboard. They're down 2-1, to uh, about 10 minutes to go in that game, according to our uh, league scoreboard watch. Uh, But so that's uh, kind of the situation, obviously the bubble situation. I don't know if they're considering it for beer leagues. If they are, I'm down. I'm ready. 100%. Anybody who's out there listening, uh, if you need a mediocre third-line centerman uh, with some real leadership capability, I'm available. Uh, I'm on the free agent market. I'm willing to drop everything and uh, suit up to play the game the way it was meant to be played. And if you need a goalie who will give up some soft goals from outside the blue line, I hear the keeper is available as well. Uh, but the ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in for us. And uh, on behalf of the captain of the keeper, this is the captain reminding you to get puck steep out there and always give 110%.
1: And the keeper reminding you to make one save at a time.
0: If that. And thank you everybody and good night. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.